0: Hello, it's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. I'm just with Cindy today. Miss Diane is still in Africa, so she won't be joining us. And here's what I'd like to talk to you about. I just recently got to go to London. I hadn't been to London in like 20 years. I know. I go I go to a lot of places, and people have even accused me of gallivanting, but I hadn't been to London for a while, so it was London calling. I decided to spend a few days with my very dear friend and mentor, Anne Willen. If you don't know who Anne Willen is, you should Google her, but I'll tell you what. Anne had a cooking school in France called La Varenne, Some of the world's best food writers today, Amanda Hester, Cynthia Nims, Martha Holmberg, these are just a tip of Virginia Willis, a tip of the iceberg. All of those women went to La Varenne. Now, I wish I could say I went to La Varenne, and I did for a week when I was on a vacation once in Paris, but Anne wasn't there. She was on book tour, so I missed her. But I got to know Anne when she moved to Santa uh, Santa Barbara, excuse me, to Santa Monica. So here I was, and Anne moved to Santa Monica after her husband had had a massive stroke, but he survived. So he was, you know, infirm, but still very, very much himself and smart. It was a very difficult time. Anne was living in Santa Monica, and so I got to know her. We went out to lunch once a month, sometimes twice a month. We were friends, and it was really one of the nicest things that ever happened to me. And I had always admired her from afar. I had bought her books. I had met her at conferences, but I'd never really gotten to spend one-on-one time with her. So when she was living in Santa Monica, it was a very special time. Mark passed away. Her children, one of her children lives in the Ukraine and her daughter and son-in-law live in London. So they said, come on, mom, you should move here. Now, Anne was born in England, but really never lived there. Lived all over the world, has not lived in London. So one of the things that she said to me when I was bemoaning the fact still that she had moved away She said, Denise, I had to choose family over friends. And I thought that was an incredibly smart thing to say because women beyond a certain age are going to make some of the decisions that happen because of death or illness or where your family is as cindy says as you start to age you got to know where your family is or who's going to take care of you and she's absolutely right so that's how i got to london to visit anne she's been there about a year now and her place is beautiful and still filled with the antiques that she had she had to of course talk about downsizing right sizing She had to put some things in storage. She gave things away. She sold stuff. She had to move into a much smaller quarters. It's very pretty. And of course, as she says to me, it's modest. Well, it is modest compared to the fact that when she lived in France, she lived in a chateau. That's right. Like 40 bedrooms and 40 baths. Okay. So everything seems modest after you've been the queen of the chateau, but I digress. So, I got to I got to London, and what was really lovely is Anne lives about a half an hour out of downtown London, and there it's an area close to her called Mugswell. and I stayed in a bed and breakfast. Her assistant had given me a recommendation for a bed and breakfast, and then I that one was full, so they gave me a recommendation, and the second one could accommodate me. And I've written about this. I think it's going to, and we're going to put it on the website just so if anyone's going to London. So I I flew into London and there was this little tiny B&B that I had booked. They arranged a car to pick me up in London City. And I, for 50 pounds, I got to my bed and breakfast. Now, if any of you haven't been to London for a while, just to warn you it's worth it. But London is just like going to New York or spending a couple of days in San Francisco, except sometimes I even think it's worse. It's a very expensive city. Okay. There's just no ifs, ands or buts. Now I think it's worth it, but just be forewarned. So I, when I was young and rich and wore size eight. I used to stay at the Savoy. I stayed at the Connaught. I stayed at some of the Ritz, some of the fanciest hotels in London. I loved it. It was so exciting. Now, this time I stayed at the bed and breakfast that was referred to me, and it came out to be maybe $135, $150 American. So it was very reasonable, and it came with a breakfast, a full Eng- English breakfast, handmade lovingly by the woman Norma, who owns the B&B. And I can't say enough nice things about it. Her husband would print out a map for me. Um, they gave me, they helped me in so many ways. So my my idea of staying there was to be close to Anne, so that I could walk to her or take a cab if I wanted. But as it turned out, I could walk to Anne's apartment from my B and B. So every morning it was beautiful out. I, w- I watched people walking their dogs. I went to the coffee shop, the same coffee shop every day. I felt I, I went into one or two of the stores. It was really, really lovely to, um, be able to walk on the city blocks. I thought the funnest part was when I went in to get my coffee on the second day, Italian, Italian woman behind the counter, Italian woman owned this shop. And I said, and after I get my coffee, if I could use your restroom, she said, of course. And she let me in. And then when I came back, she said, I have to tell you something that's so funny about you Americans. I said, yes. She said, I'm happy that you used the bathroom, but you weren't resting in there. (laughs) I thought no, I wasn't. So she thinks it was very odd that Americans say restroom. I said I guess we're just we didn't we don't want to say toilet. But after that, from then on, wherever I was in London, I'd say, do you have a toilet or a water closet? Because I didn't want to say restroom again and be scorned. Um, so we. So every morning, I would get to Anne's, and she had made plans for us. And one day, we got to go to the Tate Britain, and I saw the um, Van Gogh exhibit. And I have been to the Van Gogh, of course, everyone, we pronounce it, Americans pronounce it Van Gogh. It really is Van Gogh, Gogh more spitting. And I have been to the Amsterdam Museum, but it has been years. So to see these, this magnificent show was incredible. Now, a couple of things kept happening to me in London. And I, that's why I tell you, so I picked up, it said the guide to the museum. I picked it up because I wanted to look what else was at the Tate Britain that day. And then a few minutes later, Anne's assistant said to me, you know, you were supposed to pay for that. You just stole that. I said, I beg your pardon? And it said right on it, one pound, but I had just picked it up and not noticed the one pound. So I had stolen it by mistake. So I went back and put the money back for the map. But she thought that was hysterical because she seemed to have thought, I don't know if Anne's assistant thought I did it on purpose. I'm not sure, but it sent her into peals of laughter. Hmm. And the reason I mentioned this is then when I was with Anne later on, when we were in her private club, I did the same thing. I made us two cups of coffee in the fancy coffee maker. And then the next morning, I saw the sign that said, please put money in here if you take our coffee. So I seemed to be just hell bent on um, pilfering in London. Maybe I thought that uh, nobody would notice. I'm not sure. But anyway, I saw this gorgeous exhibit of Anne go and it reminded me how much I love his work. It reminded me of the movie that's just come out about it was on oh gosh, I want to say prime Amazon Prime, I think my husband and I watched it on. The reason I tell you this is and it has subtitles. It's 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 very authentic. And um William Devane, who is an actor that you all probably know, who's really a character actor he played Vincent van Gogh and I had listened to an interview about him. And one of the things he said was van Gogh was not as tortured as he felt his interpretation was that in fact he was joyful painting all these times. And so when I looked at so much of his work at the Tate Britain, those words came back to me and you saw this man who absolutely loved what he was doing and it made it, I think, Oh, uplifting to watch that someone loved what they did so much. Whether it was successful in his lifetime or not was not it. He was obviously destined to to paint. And one other thing, even at the museum, they said that he shot himself. But in the movie, and then my husband did some research, Van Gogh was actually shot by some neighborhood children who called him crazy. And then he died of the bullet wound. So maybe we need a historian to to verify that one way, but I've always heard the story that he'd shot himself, but apparently upon research, that's not true, which again plays into that he was not. I think he might've been bipolar in today's standards, but he wasn't sad. He was joyful in his painting, which made me joyful to look at his work. So I had the best time And what I texted to Cindy after I'd been there, and then we went to a beautiful old country estate that uh, we got to walk through that had one of the most beautiful art collections you've ever seen. And it was the the last person to own the estate was the Guinness, Guinness beer, the Irish beer, um, the heir to it. And then he turned it over to the British Trust and so that everyone can enjoy this this magnificent art collection and that the grounds of the place of course because it was a country home. London was in spring. Everywhere I went whether it was St. James Park or going to Fortnum and Mason um, just walking the streets there was just it was spring. It was so beautiful. So we saw this country estate and then Um, On the last day, Anne and I went to the theater, because how can you be in London and not go to the theater? And we went to see a play called Mousetrap, which is one of the longest running plays in London, and it was wonderful. And it was one of the old theaters with the raked floors, and uh, they had a bar in the back, and it was just so charming, and we loved it, and... We had gone to dinner before that at the Ivy, which is one of the oldest restaurants in London, and we had fresh Dover sole that they had grilled and then removed the bone. That kind of removal where you know that the waiter, the maitre d', had done it a hundred times. It was flawless, and the fish was so fresh. I actually ate fish several times in London, and the fish was magnificent because it's caught and sold. They don't keep it around. So that was charming. And then we walked across to the theater and saw the play. And that night, Anne had treated me to her club, which is because she would graduated from university, as she said. It's called the Oxford Cambridge Club. Now, before I went, Cindy looked up online the rules for the oxford cambridge club and as she was reading the rules she then looked at me and said you might be a disappointment (laughs) i can't believe she says stuff like that to me oh yes you did you said something like that you said something like that Cindy. Now she's fighting me, but trust me, she looked at me over her glasses like, you're not club material, Denise. Well, anyone that knows me would know that. I did make sure that I've had slacks because no jeans were allowed. I got to the gorgeous club and gorgeous is the operative words. And I was taking pictures of it. Then a waiter came running across the room and said, madam, no picture is allowed. And I thought too bad, buddy. That ship has sailed because I'd already been taking pictures all over. So I was disrespectful in my own way. Now, and club, the fancy club is where I stole the cups of coffee. I didn't mean to. They had this gorgeous maker and I knew how to make it. And then on the second day that it said, put some money in the box. So I did make good on the stolen coffee. I just, in case anyone's listening to this. So that was my kind of three or four days with Anne. But the reason I really wanted to talk about Anne was this. Every time I sat down to have a meal with her, I learned something she has been such a wonderful mentor to me and to watch a woman be <clears throat> women of a certain age to have been widowed, to have moved across the pond, to have had to make a whole new nest, a whole new support system. She has a wonderful new assistant, a wonderful new housekeeper, a wonderful news she calls it her border because she rents out one room and as she says that way she has someone to watch the news with and to see that she had created this whole new life for herself her daughter and son-in-law live close she's teaching her grandson to bake and cook every friday he comes to her flat and It's kind of, it was just inspirational. I think to myself as I'm in the transition period and some days I'm not sure where I'm going and I'm not sure that I can do things again that I used to do because I'm not sure I'm willful enough. And then to see Anne, I thought, damn it, if this woman can do this and start a whole new life for herself, so can I. And then one of the nicest things that she reminded me of is, I was telling her how I wasn't going to be styling anymore, that I'd still do consulting and I've, I've had some little projects and it's all good, but that Cindy would be doing most of the styling and I was bitching. Okay. I'll admit it. I was bitching about clients today and how it's the market had changed and blah, blah, blah. So I was giving myself a tiny, tiny pity party when she looked at me and said, Oh, Denise, Denise life hasn't been that bad. So in the nicest way possible, (laughs) she gave me another lesson. I thought she's utterly, absolutely right. Okay. Sometimes we want to have a pity party and we're not even entitled to a pity party. And then this was the third thing, the really big thing. So we were having dinner at home one night and she had gotten a chicken And this is going to be my newsletter this month. So if any of you want to, and we'll post the newsletter on Women Beyond a Certain Age. But I I didn't know that some people don't know that I've had a newsletter for 25 years. So we send out recipes in it and usually where I'm going to be or things I'm doing. So Anne's recipe for the roast chicken that we cooked the night we were home in her flat is going to be in my next newsletter. So if anyone wants to get the newsletter, we'll certainly post it in Women Beyond a Certain Age. But if not, if you want to give us your email, we'll email it to you. I didn't realize until I said something about a newsletter and a half dozen dear friends said, Denise, I didn't even know you had a newsletter. So now they're on the newsletter list. It comes out once a month. Um, It's kind of just the way that we keep track of where um, projects that we're doing or things that we find of interest now. So Anne, of course, has a chicken and asparagus and has beautiful stock, and we're going to make gravy to go with the chicken. But my job, everybody has a job in the kitchen. If you don't know that Anne was one of the foremost cooking teachers, again, I'm just Google her and look up La Varenne And her, I don't know how many cookbooks she wrote, 30, 40. I don't know. Some of the best cookbooks out there. They're just incredible reference books. I have most of them. I've kept every one of them. So Anne says to me, oh, I'll put you to work, Denise, you offered. Your job is to baste the chickens. Now, I need you to know something. When I'm cooking, this is the second or third time, with Anne in the kitchen, I become a moron. I'm so nervous. I've cooked for the last four presidents of the United States, okay? And I get nervous when I'm alone with Anne Willen to baste a chicken. I know how ridiculous that sounds. I can't help it. So, we get the chicken. I watch Anne's technique. We put the chicken in the oven... And I am basting it. I find a smaller spoon because I seem to be spilling more of the messy chicken in her oven than I am basting. But the bottom line is after it had been in there for a while, I stuck the fork in to see if the juices ran clear and they had. And then Anne, I said, oh, Anne, I think it's pretty close to it, but I have to, my only only salvation in this story is i don't think the oven has been um calibrated and i also know it was crooked on the floor because one side of the chicken was getting browner than the other and i kept trying to turn it so it would brown evenly but this was the bottom line i say i'm pretty sure the chicken's um ready and so we take it out and nikki was starting to carve it and then when she's getting to the legs i of course spy that it's way too rare on the leg joints. The chicken is not cooked. So now I have to say, Oh, excuse me, I've made a, a mistake. The chicken is not cooked. And Anne glosses over and says, That's okay, we'll eat the breast tonight, the legs tomorrow, very graciously. And then we put the legs back in the oven with some gorgeous gravy that she made, and we went on to have dinner. But it amazed me that I've probably only cooked, I don't know, 20, 40, 30,000 chickens in my life. But the night I can't cook a chicken, I'm with Anne Willen. If that tells you anything about um, idols. <laughs> <laughs> or gushing, or being stupid around people that you really admire. I there was another lesson in that. And I what I the chicken was delicious, the breast was done. And I have to tell you another thing. The chicken and fish in London were so delicious. Better tasting than ours, I think. Can't find good beef there. Americans have got better beef. But man, the chicken and the fish were delicious. The chicken was almost sweet, if you know what I mean, because they're not raised to be so big. So it's so tender and succulent. So that was my chicken story. She showed me a trick when she picked that chicken up and she poured it on its side and the juices came out. She said, oh no, this chicken's not done. So instead of just poking it like I've always done, she turned the chicken upside down and sure enough, the juices were not clear. I had never seen anyone do that before. I certainly hadn't. So that's what I'm writing my newsletter about because it was pretty impressive. It was very fun. The chicken was delicious. So was the asparagus. So that's my lessons in life. It's really all in your attitude about when you need to start over. not having a pity party when you really don't deserve it, and how to check if the chicken was cooked in a, a more professional way than I had ever adapted. So I think those were the lessons. The last morning that we were having coffee together, I said, Ann, I need to share something with you. Whenever I'm with you, I learn something from you and I can't thank you enough. And she was very gracious and said, yes, you're right. Because she knows I need help. <laughs> anyway, I think that's is. I think that's everything I wanted to tell you. And um, please, if any of you, if you're going to London, please. You'll get the information off my website. If you're going to London, I want you to think about the bed and breakfast I, I stayed at because they were so charming. And just again, to just reiterate the costs of things. And, you know, it, it, I had a hamburger and one glass of lovely red wine, nothing fancy, across from the old Majesty Theater. If you know that one, Were the. That Phantom has been playing for, I don't know, 30 or 40 years. And it was a little pretty restaurant. I mean, but it was $65 in American money for the hamburger and the glass of wine. I was so grateful. I hadn't figured that out when I was enjoying it. I didn't think of it until later. So if you have any tips about London, so if other people are going to be going to London, or if you want to share anything that you know about Anne Willen or that you like her cookbooks, please please contact us at womenbeyond at icloud.com and share... Every time we get a message from you, from any of you, any of the, or people tell us that they like the podcast or to thank us or that they laughed or that they listened to it in their car, I can't tell you how much we appreciate it because we're doing it because we really enjoy it and we want you to too. Okay, I think that's it. Thank you. Bye-bye.